Well, just have a quick glance at those around you, left to right, in front, behind. Give them a smile, give them a wave, because we're going to pray for them right now. Uh, loving God, we thank you for who's in front of us and who's behind us, who's either side of us, Lord. We thank you that you have drawn them here, that, um, that many of us call this place home. And we ask, Lord, that your spirit will speak deeply into their hearts this morning. Lord, whatever need they have, whatever situation they're going through, whatever praise they want to bring, Lord, may your spirit speak deeply. Lord, because we love you, we want to get closer to you. And, and so, loving God, move in their life. And as we pray for them and bless them, uh, and as they pray for us and bless us, Lord, we ask that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, great to have you here. We're in a sermon called, series called All Natural. And, and the whole concept of All Natural is, is that we want to take what the Spirit of God does, that some people would call is supernatural, and want to look at how the Spirit of God works in our everyday life when we have the Spirit of God in us, and it just becomes natural. And, and so what some people might say is, is supernatural, we just want to see God do it in our every single day life. And we're going through some stories in the book of Acts. We started in Acts 1 where Jesus was with his disciples. And, and Jesus um, said, uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be empowered to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, uh, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And we talked about how we've got to be a witness to ourselves, to our families, and to our wider community. Uh, the week after, we had Pentecost Sunday, a great time of celebration in the church. And we, we, we explored the story and the concept that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and in us, that it births three things. It births fellowship. We have a desire to get together and, and to encourage each other and be genuine community. It, 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 it births within us worship. There's a desire in us for our hearts to connect with God and for us to worship God. And it also births in with us generosity. Now we realize that Nothing that we have is ours, it's all God. And if God asks us to give it away, we give it away freely. And last week we explored, when we looked at um, Philip and the Ethiopian, we, we, we explored the whole spirit and the whole point that God guides us. And that God guides us for our healing, for our correction, and for our direction. into our lives as our spirit mixes with his for healing, for correction, and for direction. And, and this morning what I want to bring to you is that when the spirit of God is in our lives, that we've got to have eyes to see what the spirit is doing beyond us. What the spirit of God is doing beyond us. Because we have, we, we live particularly in the Western situation in a, in a very individualistic world where we kind of, uh, unless we put God in the center of the life, we put ourselves in the center of the lives. And if we don't see it happening, then we doubt whether it can actually happen. If we don't touch, feel, and, and see, then we go, well, is it real? 
And when we come to praying to God and asking God to move in our lives and move in people that we know, sometimes if we don't see the result, we go, well, well am I praying wrong or is, is God not doing what I'm asking? And, and we all know that we don't manipulate God with our prayers, but he loves for us to come to him and to bring our hearts, concerns and issues to him. And for me, this comes down really quite uh, deeply when we start praying for those people that God puts on our hearts who don't know Jesus yet. Have you got people in your life that God has put on your heart that you know that God wants to be in the kingdom of God and, and you're praying for them, but yet they just seem to be stuck? They just don't seem to be going anywhere. In fact, sometimes the more you pray for them, the further away they seem to walk. And you're going, God, I've got a heart burst. I've got a desire for them to know you. And I want to put to you this morning that that desire comes from God. But then when you don't see something happen, you're going, what is happening, God? Now, I've been praying for my mum for over 30 years. I mentioned her a lot. I hope she doesn't listen. <laughs> I've been praying for her a lot and I'm saying, God, you know, move in her life. Do something. Rock up on the end of her bed and say, here I am, hello. Do something crazy. And then she starts reading Richard Dawkins' books about the God delusion. And, and she starts reading all these atheist books. And I'm saying, that's not what I'm praying for, Jesus. And we can get disillusioned, can't we? We can go, God, what, what are you doing? What's going on? And, and we're tempted just to, to write people off and go, Lord, I'll pray for them but they seem to get further away from you. And, and if you've got teenage children or young adult children who have walked into this space, you, you know what I mean. You, you're praying for them. And, and you're just tempted to go, look, their, their actions, their words, their thinking are showing no evidence whatsoever that the Spirit of God is at work. No evidence whatsoever. And you go... What's going on, God? And then we're going to come to an understanding about whether or not God is actually at work in people even when we don't see it. And we have some ABCDs of discipleship in this place. A stands for assume that God wants to use you. B is believe that God is bigger. C is about cultivating an intimacy with God. And D is about developing other people. And if we genuinely believe that God is bigger, if we genuinely believe that God is the creator of all things, that God is, is the pinnacle, then we have to also come to an understanding that God can be at work in everyone's life. And we read stories and we hear stories about God actually just rocking up and bringing people to relationship with him. I, I used to work with a boss. I might have shared this before. I used to work with a boss who used to get uh, 
You know, he used to enjoy pitching me and another Christian against each other theologically and sitting back and watching. He used to like razzing me up about my faith. I'd only been a Christian for a couple of years. We worked on building sites and he used to bring us into the site office and say, should Christians drink alcohol? And the other guy would go, I don't think Christians should drink alcohol. And I said, well, I hope that Christians drink alcohol. So, and then just one day, he starts being nice to me and he goes, you know, Barry, I noticed that you disappeared during lunchtime. I said, yeah, I'm out in my car. I just listen to some music and read the Bible and that's my prayer time. I start early. That's my prayer time. He goes, can I join you? <laughs> so the God part of me is saying, by all means. The Barry part of me is saying, you've got to be joking. And so I come out and he starts to pull out his Bible and starts to read it. And I'm saying, what is going on? And, and so I had to ask him, I said, what's going on? He goes, well, I was out on my property out on a farm. And I had this overwhelming sense of evil in my life that was oppressing me. I was all alone. My family was gone. And it was so bad that I was curled up in a corner by my bed. And all I could think of doing was calling out to God and saying, God, help me. And so I did. And Jesus made himself real to me. And all of a sudden, he becomes the most painful evangelist you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and I've got all the other workers come up to me and go, Barry, will you calm him down? He is just so excited about this God stuff and, and we're just sick of it. I said, hey, don't, don't shoot the messenger. We hear stories, don't we, of, of um, Islamic people who have a dream of Jesus coming and rescuing them and then giving their lives to this Jesus that they really didn't know. We have different situations where they see that the Spirit of God goes before us. And I, and I think the reason why we, we struggle with this whole concept that God's Spirit is out there doing the work uh, beyond us is one we like to kind of be in control but two it is a, it's an ancient old debate within the church between what's called i'm going to get a little bit nerdy so if you need to switch off then feel free uh it it's been going on for about three or four hundred years from about 1600s it's called calvinism and, and arminianism and it's named after calvin and arminius funny enough and Calvin said that only people come to God who God draws unto himself. That was his theology. So no one comes to God unless God's spirit takes them with irresistible grace and drags them kicking and screaming into the kingdom of God. That's Calvinism, very briefly, in a very big nutshell. Arminius said, no, 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 no. Jesus came and died for the whole world. And, and so because he died for the whole world, it is actually our choice whether or not we step into the grace of God. And so you have one that says that God does all the work and one says that God has done the work, but people have to choose to enter into it. And there's lots of wonderful theology that trickles down to either side of that. Now, the problem we have in the United Church is the Presbyterians, which is a part of our heritage, were Calvinists. 
and the Methodists, which is a part of our tradition, were Arminian. So we've got both streams of theology within our church. And that's why there are some uniting churches who don't really seem to care about whether or not people come to faith. Because God's got it all under control. He'll just bring those people he wants to bring. It's beautiful. And you've got other people, which is more of the camp that I fought for all the time because, um, because people need to choose. And as I've been reflecting on those two things, I think actually the truth is somewhere in the middle. Because no one can come to faith, Scripture says, unless the Spirit of God draws them. Yet, I've known plenty of people who uh, God has been who have said no. So there, there was, a, there was a, a, a young mum in my last church who I could just tell that the Spirit of God was drawing him. She was coming along, she was reading the Bible with some other mums uh, in the church and, and her, her mother-in-law was praying for her fiercely. I met her once, she said, I'm praying for this girl and as I can see, she's getting drawn in. But when she got to the line of decision, she said, no, nah, I don't want to have anything to do with it, it's too hard. And so I think within us we can see that the Spirit of God I believe, is drawing all people unto himself. But we do need to choose whether or not we enter into it. And so we're going to read a little bit of scripture here that shows that God's spirit is at work uh, beyond, and, uh, and then we're going to uh, pull it apart. It comes from Acts uh, chapter 10, uh, 1 to 8. And, uh, and we're starting off at the beginning of a story that we're going to finish next week. So my daughter-in-law is going to come and preach uh, next Sunday morning. She is a rocket. You're going to enjoy her. And, uh, and Nathan's going to be bringing her at night. But Acts uh, 10, 1 to 8. At Caesarea, which is a Gentile, uh, um, a non-Jewish town, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devoted and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And one day, about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! That'd freak you out, wouldn't it? Cornelius stared at him in fear, so he was freaked out. What is it, Lord, he said. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up like a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. Then the angel who spoke to him, sorry, when the angel who had spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his disciples two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants and he told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. So here we see a story of people who are not a part of the family of God. They definitely, the Spirit of God has done something in them but they're not a part of the family. They're not Jews, they're Gentiles. They're outside of the Jewish faith. And although the, the, there is inklings in this story that they've had some rubbings off with 
Judaism that they give to the poor and, and uh, that they, they pray regularly. You can, you can see here a sense that God is working in this family's life before they really know who God is. There's a drawing that's happening. They're, they're responding. And, and he's praying regularly and he's trying to do what is right because there is something happening within Cornelius's life that's saying, I, I don't understand it fully and that's the rest of the story we're going to explore next week. I don't understand it fully but what I understand is that, that God's kind of there And then he's at work. So he has a heart to know God. He has a heart to say, there's got to be something more than buying a house, having a spouse, having some kids, and growing old and dying. There's got to be more. And as God starts to do a work of drawing him into the presence, he starts to respond with his actions and with his deeds. And then God responds to him as he comes to it. And so we, we see in this story that there is a, a desire for God, for, for God to draw people who are outside, who are beyond who we are, into his kingdom. And that God's spirit is already at work nudging and encouraging and wooing people into his presence. And, and it's God woos and we choose. And, and Cornelius in this thing is choosing one step after another as God leads him down one step after another until he gets baptised in the Spirit next week. We see that the Spirit of God is at work. Now why is this important to you? And why is it important to me? Well, one of the biggest criticisms we have from the outside looking in is that Christians are judgmental. Isn't it? It's what you hear all the time. Christians are judgmental. And you know what? There's some truth to that. Because when, uh, during the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, there was a lot of preaching that was just about all you need to do is be a good person. It was, it was a proclamation of moralism. It wasn't about you come to Jesus, it was you be good. And when other people didn't fall into the good category, then, the, then some people within the church, not everybody, would go, well, you should be better than what you are, like they had a choice about it. And all they had to do is choose to be good. And so we get this whole understanding that, that, um, of moralism, that is not what God ever intended. But when we look at people as saying that the Spirit of God is always at work, and the Spirit of God is at work beyond what we can see, then it can stop us from being judgmental. Because we can say, I can't see what God's doing, but I'm going to assume that God is at work in that person. And so I'm not going to judge that person for what I see on the outside. What I'm going to do is I'm going to bless what I believe God is doing on the inside. 
Because it's easy to judge people. It's easy to, to look at their circumstances and say they're far away from God. All their action, all their thinking, all their words are saying that they are beyond God. But if we believe that God is at work beyond, and even though we can't see what God is doing, we don't know what is going through people's minds when their head hits the pillow. We don't know what, what thinking and, and what emotion is going on inside that God is drawing them unto himself. So I think that if we believe that God is bigger and that we believe that, like this story of, of Cornelius, that God is at work beyond the people of God, then it stops us from looking at people and putting them in a box and judging them. Because I believe the most popular verse in the Bible, that God so loved the world that he sent his only son. I believe that Jesus came and died not just for the elect, but for the whole world. And I believe that God's spirit is in the whole world from the time of Pentecost till now, actively drawing people unto himself. Scripture says that while we were still enemies, while we were still far away, he sent Jesus to reconcile him, uh, us to himself. And so, I want to encourage you to think now. Think about those people in your life that God has put on your heart to see him come into relationship with himself. And I want you to do a bit of a self-audit. How do you see them? Do you see them as a lost cause? Do you see them as, as, as someone that you've written off? Maybe you're here this morning even and, and the Spirit of God is drawing you. And maybe you've sat in church for a long, long time. Maybe you've just been here for a little while and you're not sure what to do with this Jesus thing, but there is something in you that is drawing you unto him. And I think that there is power in, in stepping into what the Spirit of God is already doing beyond. And so if you feel that God is speaking to you and drawing you in, then it's time to say yes to Him. If you've, you've got people in your life that God has put on your heart, He's put them on your heart because He is concerned for them too. And so we've got to step into what God is already doing. If God's put it on your heart, it's on his heart. So we have the ABCDs of discipleship. So I'm going to change them around a little bit for A, Bs and Cs and Ds of praying for people to know Jesus. So the first one is A, assume that God is always at work. What if we had that as our assumption? 
maybe that they're going off the rails, maybe that they're, they're um, re- really struggling, but why don't we just assume that God's at work? That God's already doing something, that in, in the deep of night God's speaking to them. What if I just assume that even though all the contrary signs that my mother is giving me that she's far away from God, what if I just assume that God's spirit is speaking to her anyway? That would change the way I see her. It'll change the way that I relate to her. It'll change the way that I want to pray for her. What if you assumed that God is working in those around your life? Constantly drawing people into your presence. Second one, maybe to bless what God is doing. So if the Spirit of God is already at work in people's lives, already at work, maybe our prayers have to say, instead of God change them, which can be where our prayers go, can't they, if we're really honest, to maybe go, God, whatever you're doing, magnify it in their lives. If you're speaking just a little bit, God, speak more. If you're bringing up things that they, they need to deal with, Lord, bring them up more. Have, a, have an opportunity to, to bless what God is doing. And that's what we've been doing in this place. We've just been saying, God, whatever you're doing, we, we want you to do it more. So as you're bringing people to faith, Lord, don't stop at, at one or two families. Keep on doing what you're doing. We, we want to bless what you're doing. And So what if we started to ask God to to bless what he's doing, well, what will happen? We'll we'll actually start getting our prayers in line with what God actually wants to do. And and then we won't come to God with with theories about what God should be doing, but we're asking God to do what he's already doing and our hearts and his hearts align and our prayers, I believe, become more powerful. Thirdly, is cultivate an attitude of prayer. Or you can change this if you're writing notes and put cultivate an attitude of persistence. Because God, if God is at work in everyone's life, God has not given up on every, of anyone and neither should we. And so even though I may be 30 years down with my mum, I should not give up. I should be consistent in prayer and consistent in um, and asking God to bless them. And lastly, develop eyes to see what God is doing. If you really assume that God is at work, if you're really blessing what God is already doing and you're already praying for it on a regular basis, then then what you need to do is need to start looking for what God is doing. Uh, one, One person a couple of months ago I had the pleasure of bringing to the Lord. I could tell that they were ready was sitting in my office and, and we were praying away. Uh, uh, we were having a conversation and I just said, you know what, I think you're ready to give your life to Jesus. And he goes, I think you're right. And, and so I, I usually give someone a prayer. I said, hand it to them on my phone and say, you know, read this. Um, and, and if you agree with it, then pray it out loud. Well, I didn't even get to the words, read this, and he was already praying it out loud. He was so excited because God had brought him to a place 
where he knew that he had to give his life to Jesus. And that's what happens when the Spirit is at work beyond. It's like a ripe piece of fruit. All you need to do is come and tap it on the bottom and it will fall off in your hands. And when God's Spirit is at work in people's lives and when we're we're blessing what God is blessing, when we're coming to God and asking God to work, then God brings people to a point of decision. And that should free us up when it comes to talking to our faith with other people. Because sometimes we're fearful, sometimes we're worried that we don't have the right words or we don't have the right theology or whatever's going on. But ultimately when the Spirit of God is drawing people, and those of you who have come to faith over the last couple of months, you, you know what it's like. All I will say is, are you ready? And you've said, yep. And that's it. I said, let's pray. Let's get God going in your life. But you've got to develop eyes to see how people are, how the Spirit of God is working in people's lives. I think this is a crucial part of our journey as a church because I think it takes us from a journey of praying in a negative sense into praying in a blessing of what God's doing. So I want, to, want you to join me this morning in praying for those people that God has put on your heart. And I want you to consider this morning if God has been working on your heart and yet to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, but you know that God is taking you there, that maybe this morning is the morning for you. Know that God loves you, that God will accept you, that God will heal your pain, will forgive your sins and will help you live a new life. So will you stand with me? If you're able. And just close your eyes and uh, and I'm going to simply ask if God's been speaking to you this morning, maybe you've been in church for a long time or a a short time, and you're feeling like you're saying, I want you to come home. I want you to, I want you, I want to be God of your life. I want you to say yes to me. If that's you right now when everybody else is not looking, I want you to put up your hand for me. If that's you, thank you. Anyone else? All right. And now if you've got people that God has placed on your heart, we're going to pray for them now. So just put your hands out in front of them as a sign of wanting to bless them, whether they're people in your family, people in your life, people who, who you know need to hear and experience the love of God. Uh, loving God, first of all, for those who have put up their hands, Lord, may your spirit of God come upon them. May they know that you are real and that you love them. May they know that there is a sense of grace and peace that comes to them. 
And Lord, for those of us who have our hands out in front of us, Lord, we we ask that you bless those people who you've put on our hearts. Lord, continue to do in their life what your spirit is doing, but magnify it even more, Lord. May your presence become real to them. May your love become real to them. May they know that you are God and that you love them. Holy God, we thank you that you are at work beyond. Help us to be people of prayer that just assumes that you're at work and steps into it. So Lord, we bless them. Move in their lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.